When I went on to TikTok and I started to give away my knowledge for free in an interesting, quick way, you know, these one minute videos, real people with real problems in Ontario were actually benefiting from this knowledge. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with David Louch and Jason Hunt. Our mission with this show is to discuss all things business, digital marketing, sales, and mindset. It's our hope to empower entrepreneurs to get the most from their efforts so that they can focus on what they do best. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Merge Marketing Podcast. My name is David, co-host and producer, along with my partner, Jason Hunt. You're listening to episode number 51. And today, our guest is none other than Ryan Keeney. Ryan is a lawyer and co-founder of KPA Lawyers, located in Mississauga, Ontario. He has been interviewed by the CBC, Global News, Toronto Star, and is also a published author on the Huffington Post, Canada, in connection with with his practice. His primary area of practice is civil litigation, which includes some of the following breach of contract, invoice collection, negligence, privacy law, employment law, real estate litigation, and more. When he's not practicing law, Ryan enjoys writing for insaga.com and serving as the executive director of TEDx Mississauga. Ryan, thank you so much and welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me. Yes, we are super, super excited. So today's episode is going to be a mix of business and marketing related content. But as the title would suggest, we are definitely going to dive into Ryan's TikTok strategy and <laughs> how you can leverage other platforms to reach new audiences. But before we do that, Ryan, um, how about you just give a, a little background on, uh, on the KPA story um, and then what your sure. role at the company is? Sure, yeah. Well, the KPA story is, it's interesting because it started a lot, uh, a lot longer before our actual incorporation date. We incorporated about, uh, what's it now, probably about six years ago. And the co-founders, Preet and I, Manpreet Panu and I, we met when we were at um, uh, undergrad. We were undergrad in Waterloo. This was a long, long time ago. Jeez, I guess I'm 33 now. I met Preet when I was 17. So when, basically, when we were teenagers, we we both knew that we wanted to be lawyers later in our careers. And um, it's interesting because life sort of took us in different directions. And years and years later, we reconnected. It was completely serendipitous. I was actually walking down uh, a hallway near my office um, across the street from the courthouse. And I hadn't seen Preet in a long time. I mean, we had gone to school together and everything else, but, you know, as I said, life took us in different directions. And I, I ran into her and I was like, well, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm a practicing lawyer now. What's up with you? And I'm like, so am I. I guess we both, you know, crossed that milestone. We, we met that dream that we had and, and here we are. And like, what a coincidence that we're both renting office spaces so close to each other. Um, so we carried on sort of on our own in our own companies. I was a, I was a freelancer. Uh, for a time, I know that probably a lot of your viewership are, are also um, freelancers and small business entrepreneurs who are grow still growing their companies. So I, I remember what that's like. Um, for about a year and a half, Preet and I sort of uh, operated independently and bounced ideas off of each other until we realized that we would probably be a more effective team if we partnered up rather than staying solo, uh, like many lawyers do. That's a uh, that's a very common story with with uh, 
founding partners at a law firm. You know, they knew each other from school, you know, they practiced on their own for a little while, and then they decided to build something bigger than themselves. So it, uh, it, it didn't happen overnight. Like I said, it, we've, you know, we've been in business for a few years now. And in the last few years, our, our small business really took off. Um, currently, there are 12 lawyers that work at KPA Lawyers, and we also have a, a team of support staff. So including Preet and I, we're a team of 18. Um, that I think it was probably within the first two years of us partnering that our companies, our company, our our unified sort of our, our company that we merged together uh, was able to hit the seven figure range, which was a really big milestone for us. We we're really excited about that. And we were still in our sort of like our late 20s when we did that. So I think we we got a little bit lucky. That's definitely not necessarily the story of all small fledgling law firms. Um, but I know that a lot of your viewers are probably interested in learning about how they can grow their businesses, you know, whether or not uh, they're, they're young lawyers or they're in any other industry. Um, hopefully what I can do is share some of the, the experiences and insight um, that I have that would apply really across almost any, any industry that you're trying to, where you're trying to start up and you're trying to grow a company. Absolutely. And appreciate the backstory there. It's good to hear. And uh, um, I guess now where you're at, you're six years into being incorporated and, and KPA Lawyers is doing really, really well and you've grown immensely. So what um, what hat or hats do you wear in the company today? What are some of the responsibilities that you have? Are you still um, are you still arguing cases or are you more managing and running the day to day operation? Yeah, and I'm, I'm really glad you're asking this question because I feel like a lot of law firm partners out there struggle with um, separating these two functions that they have, which is running the business versus representing clients. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is law firm partners who try to do both, in my personal opinion, will end up doing a disservice to both of those two very distinct, distinctly different roles. Um, if you are a law firm partner who has a very busy docket with like, I don't know, 40 or 50 clients that are relying on you to pick up the phone when you call, but at the same time, you're trying to uh, manage 10, 12 associates, and you're trying to make sure that all of your relationships with your third party vendors and your landlord and the bank and everything, all those relationships are running smoothly there's just not enough hours in the day to do that. I'm like any, any lawyer, I know that lawyers are notorious for thinking that they can do it all and they can just work longer hours and work harder. Uh, and there's a lot of type A professionals who are not lawyers who think the same thing about themselves. <laughs> you can't do that. And yeah. I know this from experience because as a young lawyer, I tried, I tried to run the business and also represent way too many clients. And at some point I had to accept the reality that you need to, um, get comfortable. Well, this was more of a challenge for my business partner than it was for me, but you need to get comfortable trusting in others to do the job as well as you would do it yourself. Because I know that if you're a CEO, if you're a co-founder, you have this idea that I'm the only one who knows how to do this exactly the way I want it done and exactly perfectly. And you, you kind of get uncomfortable if you are giving the reins to someone else to manage that. So yeah. over the years, we've learned to not only trust in our team to get it done well, but to give them the time and attention that they deserve so that they can build their competencies and build their skills. So if you ask me, what is my, what do I consider to be my major role today? My answer today is very different than what it would have been years ago, but I think I have a better answer for you today. My answer today is to ensure the success of my employees. The more time and the more attention that I give to them, 
to help them not just build their skills, but also build their confidence, um, I will be able to save myself a lot of trouble. I, I can take care of, you know, 600 clients at the same time and make sure that every single one of them are having a fantastic experience. If I have 10 lawyers on my team who have been properly mentored and properly trained and properly inspired to do a good job, could I represent 600 clients by myself? Absolutely not. So if you ask me, my role is to mentor and to build relationships, both outside of the company and build relationships inside of the company. I think that's a big challenge that so many business owners, small business owners and entrepreneurs face is that balance. I mean, we have it in our industry. You know, I, I, when I started my business, I was managing a lot of clients and doing a lot of client work, but it's very difficult to grow the business as much as you would like to grow that business when you're constantly doing all the work. And I think it, it, it becomes very tough to delegate. And, 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 but I think you've done it in a really good way, Ryan, where it's like, you're not just, you're not just delegating, but you're mentoring. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the key. I, I really think that, and this is, I, I don't know how much this happens outside of law, but with lawyers, they, they're so obsessed. They get obsessive about making sure that they are privately sort of like perfect in their own little bubble that they exist in. You know, I, it's my case, I'm going to do it well and I know how to do it right. And that's it. And, and that, that, that bubble that they sort of live in um, doesn't invite uh, space for other people to come in and learn and, and develop and grow and be part of a team. You know how there's that old saying where uh, leading lawyers is sort of like herding cats, right? And I've, interestingly, I've, I've also seen that in other industries. My, my, my best friend is a, is a programmer and uh, he's actually, um, uh, he was a head of technology at a fairly successful tech startup. I, I won't get into that, but um, he, you know, the stories that he tells me from working with programmers and mentoring young programmers, they can also exhibit a lot of the same personality traits as lawyers, where they're just like, they're like, I, I'm the expert in this, I know how to get it done. And I don't, I'm not coachable, and I'm not teachable. And I just, I just, this is just, this is how I want to do this. So really introducing a, a sense of community and collaboration and mentorship and teaching, and, and sort of like a, a group oriented approach to success in the industry. I think, although that's very difficult to, 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 to sell, it's a difficult concept to sell to, to lawyers and, and to people in the legal profession, um, it can be done. And, and if you can do it in law, I guess my point is you can do it in any industry, no matter how resistant someone is to being a leader or being a follower. Interesting. So on this point of relationships, because you brought it up as, as one of your primary roles today, you know, how are you and your firm doing things differently when it comes to the relationships that you have with, with clients? And this, this may or may not be related, but when I was doing some research, one of the phrases that I came across for you and, and, and KPA lawyers was lawyers, how they should be. So that's our slogan. Thank you for yeah, checking out yeah. our website. <laughs> I, I, I would love for you to maybe dive into uh, what exactly that means. And, and, if, and if it has anything to do with the way that you um, build and, and maintain your relationships with your clients. Yeah. That's, I, David, that's a great question. I'm glad you're asking that question. So there's, there's a lot to unpack there. But when I think about the impression that most people have of lawyers, that's no secret. A lot of people don't like lawyers. They and there's a lot of different reasons why people don't like lawyers. They think, you know, well, lawyers have big egos. Lawyers are way too expensive for the for what they're what they're doing. You know, they, I don't see the value in their fees. Um, lawyers are are not. Oh, this is a popular one. Lawyers don't care about me and my problems. They care about making money 
and they only <laughs> pretend to care about my problems, which are very personal to me. That's another one. Um, and the other one is lawyers are hard to get in touch with. Like I hired this lawyer, I handed over my hard-earned cash, and I can't get him on the phone. He's not responding to my emails, et cetera, et cetera. There is so much wrong with the relationship that lawyers have with their clients and with the public in general, which has resulted in this perception of lawyers. I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that the perceptions are a bunch of bullshit because it's not, right? It's people feel this way for good reasons. And I, I, I found that interesting to me because I'm thinking to myself, if I'm going to be breaking into, well, I'm 33 now, but like when I was 25 breaking into this industry and I was trying to figure out how to distinguish myself, I was shocked at how easy it was to distinguish myself in the profession. Now, I mean, it's not an indictment of all lawyers everywhere. I understand that there's different kinds of lawyers and you can't generalize tens of thousands of professionals across this entire province, but I'm talking about trends. So literally, if I was the guy who was answering a phone call um, myself rather than an assistant answering the call, and if I was doing it at a late hour in the evening, that didn't go unnoticed. Clients loved that. And it doesn't matter if you're a lawyer or you're a graphic designer or you're, you know, what, whatever industry it is you're trying to start up in, if you can demonstrate through your actions, not through your words, through your actions, show your client that you're available to them, you want to talk to them, you have a genuine interest in solving their problem, you're going to distinguish yourself from your competitors. And I found that in law, it was so easy to do that because every time I talked to a new client, you know, if, if they had had a lawyer before or if they had got consultations from lawyers before, one of the biggest complaints I would hear is like, well, my lawyer just doesn't, isn't interested in giving me his or her time or taking an interest in me. So that's one thing I would say, definitely, no matter what industry you're in, take an interest in your client. It's about building those relationships. The other thing is um, when you, like you, like Jay was talking about earlier, uh, when we're talking about these like new platforms, like, like TikTok, for example, um, the attraction, like, again, I'll give you some context. I, I was never, I was never someone who's really that interested in like Twitter or Instagram. Like I, I, year, a few years back, I opened up a Twitter account. I opened up an Instagram account. I think I did that probably in law school. So it was more than just a few years ago. It was probably a little longer. Um, but I never really, it just, it never really caught on for me. And, and I, I felt like there was something missing. So when I went on to Twitter, to TikTok, and I started to give away my knowledge for free in an interesting quick way, you know, these one minute videos, what I was shocked to see is that real people with real problems in Ontario were actually benefiting from this knowledge, being able to apply it to their lives. You know, let's, let's say they're having a problem with their landlord or they're having a problem with their employer. Um, they're watching this video and they're like, whoa, I didn't know that. And it almost feels like, um, I mean, if, if you ever heard of the term edutainment, so yep. you know you're it's you know you're 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 learning something, but it also feels entertaining, and and lawyers, I honestly I I really feel like well maybe maybe the younger lawyers are starting catching on to this, but really a lot of lawyers out there don't realize that all the knowledge that they have to share with the public can be so entertaining for people to consume and for them to watch and learn. It's just not unfortunately. For most lawyers, they're they're either maybe they don't have the time or they don't have the interest or the idea just never dawned on them, but they haven't taken the step to put that sort of entertaining content out there. Uh, I think TikTok is a great platform for doing that. You can definitely also do that on Facebook. I know a lot of um, 
like doctors and lawyers are sort of doing that more on Facebook as now as well. On, sorry, on Facebook as well. Um, but really, like, I mean, it's 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 about showing people that you're not just some sort of boring, stuffy professional who just wants to sit there and make as much money as ca as they can and bill as many hours as they can. But you actually have something interesting to say that people might benefit from, and there's value in that, and people will respect you as as a professional. And again, I I keep saying this because I want to. I want your I want your listeners to understand you don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant whatever to 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 be able to do this. If you have a skill that you're good at, if like I said, I, I like using the graphic designer example because you don't need to go through 9 years of school <laughs> and spend $150,000 to be a graphic designer. Being a graphic designer is very difficult and it's a very um complex skill and it's because there's that complexity which makes it so interesting. Like you can create 1-minute videos on TikTok about how you go through your graphic design process. Or if you're a bookkeeper, I mean, that sounds boring. It's like, oh, like using QuickBooks and like Excel spreadsheets, what could be more boring? But that's a skill, it's a complex skill and any complex skill can be delivered to the public in a way that is interesting, that is fun, that is succinct. Um, again, if, if, you don't, if you don't wanna do it on TikTok, you can really do it on any platform. But yeah, these days that seems to be the platform that everyone is looking for entertaining, interesting content. So. I hope that answers your question. I know I threw a lot of information at you. That's awesome. No, what I wanted to touch on that too, Ryan, because you know you unpacked a lot there, and I think the main takeaway there is making not don't just be transactional, but be a relationship builder, and that yeah. really is what it is. Even when you're talking real life and you're having those conversations with people, and you're actually invested in what they have to say and growing yeah. that relationship, but that transcends over to social media because you can tell those people that are just caring about the money and not the relationship because those yeah. are the businesses that are putting up a sale, a selling post every single time or a promotional post every single time and little interest in putting a valuable post that is actually going to give somebody a tangible takeaway. Now yeah. for yourself, Ryan, I was on your TikTok and for all those out there that are on TikTok, give Ryan <laughs> a follow because he's he's packing it with value, not just value, but your your content is very consistent, even the aesthetics of it. It's very consistent and Thank you. I enjoyed it. And that's I mean, you did the work to get yourself up to 3000. Maybe you can give a couple little tidbits or tips on on how a small business can leverage TikTok. Oh, for sure. Um I think the number one thing is no matter what business you're in, like you could be um, I don't know, making, I, I know this, uh, uh, friend of mine. Well, my, so my friend's mom, uh, will make, uh, flower arrangements and she's very good at it. And she, she has this whole setup in her basement where she puts together these really beautiful flower arrangements and then she sells them online. And these days, you know, you either have to, you know, leave the product out on your porch for someone to pick up or you leave it on porch, uh, you know, leave it on their porch. And she figures out how to do it in a safe way in this COVID sort of world that we're living in. But, you know, when you when you say something like that to me, I think of her flower business, because there's so many people out there that can relate to that where they're sitting at home and they're running their business from home. And whether it's flowers or cakes or, or whatever that they're selling on online, what they sh what they should think about doing first and foremost is they're not they're not going to be they're not, they, they shouldn't have to feel pressured to spend a bun bunch of money on Facebook ads or, 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 you know, try to come up with this really clever um, advertising campaign that's competing with like Nike or Coca-Cola. No, don't do that. Forget all of that. Just take what's fun and interesting about what you do. Grab your phone, 
and 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 film it right again the lighting doesn't have to be perfect the production value doesn't have to be perfect but film different aspects of what it is that you're doing at home as you're building this product for your next customer and give it a little narrative give it a little backstory you know record yourself talking about what it is the customer asked for why it's special to them you know why a certain kind of flower arrangement is special to them um and make it a story. Just start storytelling. If your business is storytelling, people are going to love it because you're not you're not expecting them to contact you and, and buy something. You're not expecting them to feel like they just watched an advertisement. All you're doing is you're entertaining them with a story. And maybe that's the story of a particular customer who ordered a particular product. Maybe that's the story of how you learned this skill. Maybe it, it could be anything. But there's no business on the face of this planet that doesn't have a cool story to tell. And if you're going to get online on Facebook or on TikTok or whatever, and you have these quick little videos telling interesting stories that are making people feel good or making them feel intrigued, that that is the best way to show people that, you know, maybe you're the person that they want to contact if they want to buy a flower arrangement or they want to order a cake or they want someone to do their taxes or whatever, right? Like, there is always a way to tell a human story. And I think that's what's been missing from advertising for so many decades that only now we're sort of in this like the um, the generation that you know we're seeing now, especially like with Gen Z and everything, they they relate to interesting stories. And there's a lot of successful business owners on TikTok that already have this idea. I didn't come up with this idea. Um, I'm just literally parroting what I'm seeing happening online and what I see people react really well to. That's another thing. That was another motivating factor for me when I started my channel. I was like, I don't want to sit here and be like, have you been hurt in a car? Like, well, like, call me and I'll get you lots of money. Like, nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> That's They see that kind of trash. You're, you're driving around in your car and you see these billboards. Sorry, my business partner is calling me. It's funny. I told her I had this podcast, but she decided to call me anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, you're driving around in your car and you're seeing these billboards. And you know you got these these pictures of these lawyers in suits and and this giant phone number in your face. Who pays attention to that? Who who gives a shit? And the funny thing is, we used to do that years ago until we realized that this is just ridiculous. We were just doing it because all the other lawyers were doing it. Mm -hmm. But if you sit down and you're like, here's this interesting case about this real person who actually lives in Ontario, right here where where I live, um, and this is how their case unfolded, and this is what the judge said. And you know, this is how pissed off the, the guy who lost the case was. That's a, that's a story. There's a reason why that people make legal TV dramas. There's a reason why Suits and The Good Wife and you know whatever the, the popular legal drama is these days. I know I mentioned those are those are older shows, but I mean, like, there's a reason why this stuff is so entertaining on TV because there is an aspect of reality to that where that that people don't get to see. And if you if you show them that real life actually can be that interesting can actually be as exciting as any episode of the good wife or suits or whatever um people are gonna love that because like wow like that's when when something is reality it's hard to believe that wow things actually play out that way and now a word from our sponsors hey there jay here Thank you so much for listening to the Merge Marketing Podcast. It would mean the world to David and myself if you could leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We are so invested in bringing you so much value that we would love to hear what you have to say. We'd love to hear if you have any suggestions for upcoming guests. Whatever it is, we're here to serve you. 
Okay? Keep it rocking. Be good and keep listening. Say that's a blessing and a curse, especially in your industry, right? Because the <laughs> fact that you that you have that ability to um to kind of showcase that knowledge, it also opens up a can with that social media audience, which I'm sure a lot of lawyers don't go down this path of, of getting too involved with it because you do get a lot of people, a lot of trolls leaving comments thinking, oh my God, I've got this direct connection to a lawyer right now and they got to answer my comment. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I can see it opening I, up that can, right? Yeah. You're, you're a hundred percent. You hit the nail on the head that when people see certain kinds of contents, certain kinds of content online. It doesn't matter if it's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. If they are exposed to certain kinds of content and they've been through something in their life or they have certain op political opinions, it doesn't matter what you say. It's going to be triggering for some people. And that's fine. I, that, I don't let that ever bother me. It honestly doesn't bother me. I can give you an example. Very recently, I had someone leave a comment on my TikTok channel that said, I, uh, I my, uh, I think she said, my second husband sponsored me into Canada. I'm not from Canada, but I moved here because I was sponsored. And I had a child from a pre-existing marriage. And, um, you know, my, my second husband has now abandoned us and we're living here alone. And I don't have money to, you know, pay for this, this child. Can I get child support from the stepfather? Which is a very interesting question, right? And that's not an obvious question. Should a step-parent step -parent have to pay for a kid that's not theirs? And you would not believe I got like there was there was a, a comment war that started. I didn't I wasn't even involved in it, but somebody was like, that's ridiculous. Why would a guy ever have to do that? There was obviously this was a male who was getting angry about this. And then the the original commenter was saying, Well, you know, maybe he it's his responsibility to take care of us. So what I decided to do was reply by video, and I made a video stating that step parents in Canada actually can be legally required to pay child support to a child that's not theirs. And um that was that came as a surprise to a lot of people, and interestingly enough, the comments on that video probably as, should come as no surprise to you. They were not very nice. There was a lot of men who felt like that was not fair and that wasn't okay. There was, I think, there was even one comment from a woman who felt the same way. Uh, but again, there was also a lot of positive comments from people who thought that that was great. That that's how our country works. Um, so you know, you will get people who see things that they don't like, and they will say something about it, and they'll they'll express their opinions, but one thing I like about TikTok is, I, this is turning into an advertisement for TikTok, but one thing I like about TikTok is that there's just such an atmosphere of positivity that generally speaking, the, the people who are leaving negative comments are like the tiny minority. Whereas if you look at a platform like Facebook, the people who are leaving negative comments is like easily half or more than half of people. <laughs> so I, I don't know what the difference is between these two platforms that changes people's um, behavior so much, but when, when you're in this positive space, Obviously, you want to be a part of that, whether you're creating content or you're or you're consuming content. That's I think that's part of the secret to why so many people are are getting on board with TikTok these days. Absolutely. It's such a positive platform. And, and I know exactly what you mean. I did a, I did a post uh, a while ago. Uh, my dog was basically had like this ball as a ball on a rope and he's trying to tug on it. Yeah. And it's, it's just a toy. He sits there on the floor and he just tries to tug on it, but it's attached to the floor. And there's a ton of comments. Somebody m made a comment being like, oh, you're too lazy to walk your dog. Like, what and, is that? <laughs> you know what? There was literally probably about 100 people that just carved that person right out of it. Like, yeah. Relax, Karen. Uh, you know, yeah. all this type of stuff. It's like, it's hilarious. Absolutely right. It is a positive platform. There's a lot more positivity than negativity compared to other platforms like, like Facebook. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. David, do you want to hop in here? Yeah, definitely. So um, 
as Jay mentioned earlier, uh, Ryan, Ryan has a great TikTok. Definitely check it out. Um, he'll, he'll t- let you know what his handle is later on in the show, but, um, what the, the common misunderstanding or misconception is about a platform like TikTok is that it's for young kids, teenagers, Gen Z. Um, so in your experience, having been creating consistent videos about legal issues and uh, legal questions, have you seen any sort of benefit to your business as a result of the content you're creating on there? Oh, yeah, without question. Yeah, without really? question. So I think at the beginning of the pandemic, oh, by the way, there's there's a lot of lawyers on TikTok and a lot of lawyers that have like several tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of more followers than I do. Not that I, that's not something that really bothers me, that really I really think about or care about. I never went onto this platform to like get a bunch of followers. What I did was to uh, connect with my local community, which is why so much of my content is like Ontario focused. And then to some wider extent, it's also Canada focused. So I just want to preface what I'm saying with that. But in terms of what you say about did I see a benefit from my from my business and, and, and the age demographic thing at the beginning of the pandemic, there's no question. Like you're, if you're sitting around like January, February, March, most of the people on TikTok in early 2020 were young people like, yeah, yeah of course. But then as we were all locked in our houses and we had nothing else to do and everything was closed and the summer months rolled on and then the fall months rolled on and now we're in 2021. Pretty much like I, I want, I mean, I don't have formal data on it, but if I had to guess just from using the platform, there, there are people from every age group on TikTok now. And the algorithm is really good at showing you content that you relate to. So whenever I, you know, make a video about landlord and tenant laws, somehow TikTok is showing that to people who own homes or who are paying their own rent. And I'm guessing there's not, not a lot of 16 and 17 year olds who are paying their own rent. And like, you know, so, so it's like, if you're making valuable, interesting content for a particular demographic of people, whether uh, it's, it's people who are middle-aged or younger or older, or who are homeowners or not homeowners, or who are uh, professionals or, you know, um, you know, like traditional, like dentist, doctor stuff, or, or whatever, whatever demographic you are making content for, there is a community of people who are going to see it and who are going to respond well to it as long as what you're creating has some value. So yeah, I, I definitely don't think that um, that issue of like the, the platform being mostly for young people is, is applicable today in early 2021. It was probably applicable in early 2020, but we're, we're past that. This stuff moves at lightning speed. It sure does. And, and that's good because it's a misconception that a lot of people have. Right. And, and, they have the same misconceptions about Instagram when it was as new as TikTok is. And the evolution of these platforms over time, more and more people come on. And as you said before, you can always find a community of people on any platform that you're you're going to, to go after. And, and all you need is, is one or two um, yeah. to really see the benefit of it. So that's awesome. Um, in terms of just like other marketing tactics, is there anything else that you're, uh, seeing success with for KPA at the moment, digitally yeah. or otherwise? hundred percent. This is something, uh, I've been thinking about, I wanted to tell you, which is at our firm, uh, we do, well, there's, there's a lot that we like to think we do differently from other law firms, but there's one that stands on my mind at this moment, which is we're very, we're very aggressive about building the personal reputations of the specific lawyers that work at the firm. Mm. And that is different. I like to think, you know, we've all heard of like, um, 
you know that that personal injury firm that was like really aggressive with advertising around Ontario, uh, Diamond and Diamond. Yeah. And when you think of Diamond they and Diamond, still are. Not, yeah, right. Like I'm I'm not going to say anything negative about any other law firms out there, but I'm just stating a fact. When you think of Diamond and Diamond, by virtue of the marketing campaigns that they were running, the first thing you think of is is Jeremy Diamond's face. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that advertising. There's a lot of law firms that would say, well, here's the face of the person who owns the firm. And we're going to put that face everywhere in town. And that's going to be our marketing strategy. Okay, that's one way of doing it. But what if you take the attention off of the partners or off of the name partner, and you build the personal reputations of each of the associates that work at your firm, so that when people, you know, think of a, a specific situation that they're in that's very niche there's a name that will come to their mind they're like oh there's a lawyer who like does just that one thing right for example um we have uh a lawyer named ivana who is very passionate about uh the rights of survivors um who have been through sexual abuse and sexual harassment and she has won some pretty amazing cases uh, for women who have been through that, some one of the cases was was reported in the Mississauga News, and she won you know a bunch of money for uh, this woman who was sexually harassed at this uh, restaurant that she was working at, um, you know, and then the restaurant had to close down and everything because like the owners had been th- these these were some these were not these these people were not nice people like the owners knew it was happening and they weren't doing anything about it. It, it was just like they didn't deserve to to continue being in business in my personal opinion. So um, the the result that she got for this this client and and sort of like the, the the for lack of a better word the punishment that she was able to put the, the 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 other party through for all the wrong wrongdoing that they committed i was just so impressed by this and i wanted everyone to know that that ivana did this did did such an incredible job and you know if people could in this province if if there are victims out there who are thinking to themselves um, you know who do i turn to for help to, to get me through this. I don't want them to think about Ryan Keeney or KPA lawyers. I want them to think of the name Ivana Ivosicu, right? Like I heard that Ivana was like the person to go to for this. So if you take an interest in building up your team members and their personal reputations, and you put money into that, and you, you put a lot of aggressive online campaigns into getting people to hear about their person, the, the success of your teammates and your employees, um, the business as a whole will be successful. And I think that's, it's a little bit difficult for some lawyers and, and to a larger extent, business owners in general to do that. Because when you go into business, whether you're a dentist or you're a, a lawyer or whatever, there, there's, a, there's a desire to be like the in, the in the spotlight, in the center of attention all the time. Now, I, I get the inherent irony of me saying this while being the ho- like a guest on your podcast. Um, <laughs> But you can see that I'm putting a lot of energy into like talking about my my teammates. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when you think about Amazon, you think Jeff Bezos. If you think Facebook, you think Mark Zuckerberg. And I, I don't blame business owners who, you know, by virtue of the fact that they're the CEO or they're they're the co-founder or whatever, they they want to sort of make it about them. Uh, and and different industries work uh, differently, so maybe it's not applicable to every single industry. But generally speaking, whether it's in law or I would say most other industries. If you get obsessed about building up your employees, building up the people who joined your team so that you can, as a company, grow together, not just grow and then, you know, 
keep keep the somehow there's a lot of companies out there where the staff is just a revolving door yeah. right and they don't really care you know it's one lawyer working today and it's another associate tomorrow and it's one computer programmer today and someone's picking up the code tomorrow don't do that get get serious about building up your team and and you're going to see the results and i think that's something we're really doing differently at kpa we care about making sure that the public understands how um how each of our individual lawyers are, are, are individual people who can, who can help their specific problems. Don't just think of us as a brand, but think of us as, as, as a team of people, all of which are, are, are renowned in the niche areas that we are passionate about. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And, you know, from just a, from just a general business perspective, it, it's probably going to allow you and the other brands that do that to have the, have the business live on a lot longer. You know, right. you, you have someone like Jared Diamond or whatever his name is. When, when Jared Diamond decides that he wants to retire or he, you know, passes on, whatever happens, what is the brand now? Because he's right. no longer there. Whereas you guys, you are not the center of attention. You are not the brand. Your entire company is. So when you leave, you know, I, I don't, no offense, but people may not even notice. And that's a good thing. Yeah. You know I, I, I like mean? that. Yeah. I like so. that. There's 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 a family lawyer at our firm named Sasha Farone. People call in routinely saying, I want Sasha as my lawyer. I don't want anyone else. I read all about her online. She's doing amazing things. I want her. And she's been unfortunately, she's been so busy, she's had to turn away a couple of people because she just didn't have the hours in the day. So we hired some more um support uh staff to 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 uh, kind of uh, relieve some of the the volume of work and 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 help her share some of the the load and and now she's a little bit more available to accept clients. But the reason I bring her up is people don't call in asking for me the way they ask for Sasha, <laughs> which is exactly what I'm trying to do, right? Like yeah. she's she's an associate who joined the team when we were relatively early in in the growth of our company. And she was by no means like our first or even our second or third associate, but she she came along the way when when we were a small startup, and she has been a a very hardworking, very enthusiastic employee. And I'm you know you know I'm 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 glad that people are calling and asking for her rather than like oh is this Ryan Keeney's law firm like is this whatever right I I want people to ask about my team members I want them to know that these that these people who work here are really good at what they do and to know their names so that's that's just another example I know. I'm not going to be able to mention all of them, and I'm going to show this to my team later, and they're going to be like, "You didn't mention me." Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, it's a huge, it's a huge opportunity, and a great point that you bring up there, Ryan. And 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 what what that is 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 the opportunity to within your business is to actually niche niche out, and and we're doing we're deploying the same strategy ourselves. Uh, we just launched the Merge Dental Marketing, and nice. we have Wayne, uh, who's, who's our SEO expert. We have his face on all over the marketing, and we're pumping ad spend to his face because we want to nice. find anybody in the dental space to know Wayne's the guy not yeah not 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 Jay who could be the genius with a thousand helpers which nobody wants right and right, the right. Danger that comes you know we just talked about nobody wants that kind of a business but it right. has that person that knows and understands their needs and their problems right right exactly and that, that's really cool that you guys are doing that in the in the, the dental industry so that's the thing like there's so many marketing agencies I'm guessing I'm gonna go out on a limb I'm not making a big assumption here but I'm guessing a lot of your listeners are marketing professionals themselves, just like just like your you guys, and they probably run marketing agencies. Um, and they, you know, I, I, I imagine that they have a lot to to learn from from hearing your content and listening to the two of you. And to me, like I, I've never really 
although I do take care of most of the marketing at KPA, I don't really, I've never really considered myself a marketing professional. Like I understand that that is a, uh, a career in and of itself that requires uh, a lot of years of, of honing your craft. And, and frankly, I've, I've spent a lot of my years honing my craft in law. So there's no way I could, <laughs> I could catch up to the, maybe the skills and, and, and things that you guys have done or that your listeners have done. Uh, but yeah, it's really cool that, you know, I, I don't often hear about marketing agencies that put that time and that energy and that focus into honing in on one specific industry and say, okay, we are the go-to marketing agency for dentists and we only help dentists and that's all we do. Because if you do that, not only are you going to get the respect and the attention of all the dentists around you, because they're going to be like, wow, we've, we haven't seen that before, but you're also going to get you're going to distinguish yourself from other marketing agencies who are just sort of like these general SEO sort of social marketing companies that are not focused in on the uniqueness of a specific industry. So I think it's really cool that you guys have created that as a separate silo. A hundred percent. I think it's more important now than ever because, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of, whether it be lawyers or dentists, there's a lot of people that are leveraging these social media platforms to advertise themselves. So it's becoming a very noisy environment now and people have options and people want to connect and work with people that understand their pain points and their problems. So it's almost like it's a means of necessity now to, to niche in certain markets, whether it be uh, dental, we also have real estate marketing. So it's just like, you it, we, you almost have to do it now and much like, and you're going to see the success much like you are with Ivana, right? Like right. you get those people that are looking for the solution to that one problem that they have and not the, not the jack of all trades, master of none. Right. right. Awesome. awesome. Well, um, Ryan, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today. You brought thank you. A, you brought a ton of value and some cool stories. So I appreciate your time. And you know, for our listeners that uh, are listening today and in the future, um, if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way that they can do that? Yep. Uh, so my, you mentioned earlier. I, I, so I'm going to deliver on that. You said I was going to give you my um, uh, TikTok handle. So I guess I should do that now. <laughs> so it's it's very easy to remember. It's just my name. It's Ryan uh, That's my TikTok handle. Um, they can also go to kpalawyers.ca. Uh, that's our website. Um, and literally, yeah, you could, you could just Google KPA lawyers and you'll find us, you'll find us all over the first two or three pages of Google. So, um, we're not hard to find. Uh, if you, you know, if you're in Ontario, you're in Canada, you're looking for a lawyer, uh, KPA lawyers is all over the internet. You have no problem finding me or finding any of my associates. Awesome. Nope. So definitely check out uh, kpalawyers.ca. Follow Ryan on TikTok for some inspiration and some uh, law knowledge. And uh, that is uh, how we'll end. So Ryan, we ask the same question to all of our guests just as we wrap up. And okay. if, if you've listened to any other episodes, you know what's coming. But okay. if, if you could choose one person, dead or alive, to represent your brand, who would it be and why? Oh wow! Um, He's never. Listened. You know, I'm gonna. I'm, there's there's probably a better answer to this, but I'm gonna come with the first name that instantaneously popped into my mind the minute this the moment you asked me the question. So for better or for worse, I'm gonna say Obama. Okay. <laughs> Just because, like, like I, I saw his interview on. Uh, uh, you know how Letterman started this this like Netflix. Thing where he's, I think it's called My Next Guest Needs No yeah. Introduction. Yep. So Great. I saw Obama's interview on uh, on that, that Netflix Letterman thing. And just, just like the way that he was discussing these really difficult topics and, and these really sensitive issues, especially with, 
you know, what America was going through at the time that that was filmed. I mean, America's going through a lot right now too, but um, he, like, I, I feel like just everyone on every end of the political spectrum with the exception of a few extreme people, they have this respect and reverence for who he is as a person and the personality that he brings to any stage that he's on. Um, you know, I, as a Canadian, I, I don't really like American politics is not something that uh, is, is as important to me as it is for, you know, our friends in the South. But um, even still, you know, if I think of all the, the, the big business and political figures that, that have dominated headlines in the last, you know, 10 years or so, I, I really feel like my knee jerk reaction to say that would be Obama. So if, if I ever got a shout out from Obama, you know, he, he, he did visit Mississauga and he actually made a joke about how difficult it was to, pr to pronounce Mississauga. I think that video went viral online a few years back when, well, m more than a few years back, but th this was, this was a while ago. And he was, it, it was hilarious to watch as someone who lives in Mississauga. I was like, this is great. But yeah, if, if in the, in the hypothetical, probably never going to happen universe where Obama was like, yeah, when I was in Mississauga, I went and checked out KPA lawyers and they were really <laughs> cool. That would be a dream come true. <laughs> Absolutely. That is a, that is a tremendous person to choose as a brand ambassador. I am a big fan of Obama as well. Just the way that he speaks is just so amazing. So Obama, it is sorry, Harvey Specter. Not, <laughs> not. No, it wouldn't be Harvey Specter. It'd be a real, real life person. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All righty. Right. Well, uh, thank you so much again. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Awesome. Another great episode in the books with Ryan Keeney. I hope all you small business owners out there got a ton of value and have already signed up for TikTok. Um, so I, I, one of the big takeaways for me in that episode, David, was, um, you know, it, it was be authentic and be real. Use social media as a way to not sell, but connect with your followers. And if that happens, you're going to see your follower base grow naturally and, and remain consistent. If you go over and take a look at Ryan on TikTok, you'll see each of his videos. It's, it's, it's a talking head, but it's very clear. And he's talking about a, a specific topic. And when somebody's scrolling through their TikTok and they come across his video, you can expect what's coming next. People, I think when they're, when they're trying to all day long, when you're going through social media, you're trying to filter out noise and what is considered noise is something that is not clear, not, not, there, there's no clarity there. I think what Ryan has done really well is create that consistency. So when you know, when you see his content, it's very clear and concise. Absolutely. Yeah, that is a great takeaway. There were a ton today. Um, I was super happy with with that interview and how that went. And uh, yeah, TikTok, it's it's interesting. I, I haven't been uh, a big TikTok user at all. I have an account. I see what's going on, but I'm definitely not creating content. And and when I came across Ryan's uh, profile as well, I was I was very surprised at the success that he's had so far based on on the content that he's put out there. As you said, it's very consistent it's very much the same and you know what that's what works so um for the business owners out there that think that tiktok's for all the the little kids you are proven wrong today check us out subscribe tell your friends tell your mom tell your sister tell your brother tell everyone about the merge marketing podcast um put us on in your car make sure you give us five stars so more people know about it we love helping out small business owners business owners like yourself so uh spread the word spread the value we appreciate you love you and we'll talk to you soon see you everybody